Hello, my name is Dave Brown and welcome to the latest big episode of the Bullshit Detective podcast. Today my guest is Paul Graham, another friend of the show. He's been on a few times. Um, Paul works in, well, he, he says he works in automation, something called RPA. Can't remember what that means, but he does mention it. Um, but he works predominantly in Office 365, automating processes, so saving people lots of time with admin and stuff like that. Uh, but we had a wider conversation about the human impact of technology, of AI, of automation, um, and the wider aspects of it and how it affects us in our daily lives, both positive and negative. But uh, have a listen, hope you enjoy it, and I will catch you briefly at the end. Hello. Hello, Dave. I'm a bit burpy. Hello, Paul bit, Graham. A bit, bit burpy Welcome. there. Hello. You were? Yeah, I was, yeah. You just eaten something? No, not not on purpose. I had some. I'm on a diet. I've, um, you didn't eat anything on purpose. Do you accidentally eat things? After, well, I do when I'm in cake shops. Um, ah, yes. Um, I'm on. I've joined Slimming World. Wow. Really? Uh, Get, yeah. Getting in shape? Not really. Um, I just got. I've got really fat. So like, I've got. To, I got to eight in stone one, and uh, my wife said, "Oh, let's join Slimming World because like she has previously, and then we have anyway." I was. Uh, I've lost eleven pounds Excellent uh, work. In, in three weeks, but um, this week was our anniversary, and uh, I had like a lot of wine and cake, and then I had a bar of dairy milk, like a two hundred gram bar, and I put, I put six pounds on just in a day, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, so the rest of the week I've been like, like well, starving—not really starving, starving, but like starving by modern day standards, just having like meals and no treats. Yeah, to try and uh, keep it down, you know, it's difficult. Man. With weight difficult. loss, isn't it? It's, uh, yes. takes, takes, it's easy to put it on. What, what do they say, Dave? They say something like, is it a, a taste on the lips, a lifetime on the hips? Yeah, or a, yeah, or a second on the lips, a I'll lifetime on the hips, or yeah. one of those. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Yours, let's... Is, yours is better, yours is good. Um, so anyway, today we're going to talk about automation. We are. Is that correct? It is. So, yes. so I was thinking about this because I have experience of automation throughout my career um, in engineering, for example. Um, so I'm talking about when I first trained, I went to college and, and used machines with little windy handles when you did a lot of manual stuff. And then went into the workplace and there were, there were these computer controlled machines. Um, and then the computer controlled machines became more advanced, more complex. Um, able to do more of the manual bits and able to probably even make components that couldn't have even been made before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one example of automation. But then we've also got automation, I suppose, more from, let's say, the perspective of what you do, which is automating. It's computerized automation, isn't it? It's the stuff that, that, that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and I suppose we have more examples of this kind of thing, um, you know, just even just things like like Zoom and stuff like that, they're, they're very, I mean, they're complex things, but they're very simple examples of actually, yeah, we, we've gone from having to do some physical effort to make a meeting happen 
mm. and having to arrange it and, and all that sort of and book a room to actually we we don't need to do all that stuff anymore we can still have the meeting it's it's like there's a lot it's a lot of convenience there isn't there in terms of yes automation i think just going back a bit you know we kind of we think about automation uh from a kind of like a a modern day point of view we kind of yeah. think about things like henry ford at least i do anyway so i think about production lines and yes you know or um i might think about you know robot arms or even robots or even doing the work that like, human yes. beings do however like but for, but for me like what i do in terms of uh, automation and in the biz dev they call it um rpa so there's um yeah. Talani, who's very active on LinkedIn, she's always posting about RPA, which uh, I always say, well, what's RPA? I should know that. But it's, uh, I was just looking up there. That is what I thought it was. So RPA is robotic process automation, which I suppose is yeah. more like what I do. So what I'm interested in is like people who have like day-to-day laborious tasks to do in their jobs or in their lives. Yeah. And then using like tools um like you know like um like zapier which is like something where you can like integrate and connect services together so for example say you had like an email coming in then what you can do is you can pick up that email based on keywords and then based on those words you can then forward it to somebody else or you can then take the data out of it and then do something with it and then so it's a bit like so that's a bit like uh, mousetrap Remember the game Mousetrap, Dev? Do you remember that? Where, I did, of course, know, I do. You know, where you, you land on the square and then the barbarian comes down and then it goes on a seesaw. Then a, a man jumps yep. into a bath and then there's a then there's a mousetrap happens. Catch and the mouse. Uh, yeah, that's and that's really that's that's my kind of territory. That's the kind of stuff I enjoy doing, where it's like looking at a a process and then like making it so that it can like do elements of that automatically so it saves you time and work and I, I, you know i think that's... sorry my, my my alarm just went off oh wow my phone so it just cuts out the sound momentarily so oh i can hear you carry on yeah so that's the kind of thing i i like doing so like um you, you know what, what i do is it's like I, I like to help people to do as little as possible by yes you know you know using using this stuff however right and there's always got to be an angle hasn't they on like the conversations that we have otherwise it would be a bit boring um where does you know where does this technology take us in the not too distant future i think yes well i think that's what that's what this is about i mean i'm I'm not anti-technology by any means i mean i think it's great certainly you know i mean what you're describing you're describing what you do but it's no different from what what happens in engineering you're you're taking out you're 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 taking work out of people's days yeah um and ultimately the the sort of upshot of that can be that you need less people in the company for example um all right if a company's growing then that will be slightly different because they'll be able to deploy people elsewhere won't they to do other things um so we are technology for me is removing removing things that humans would have otherwise done and that's not necessarily a negative some of it's good yeah because because with machinery it means people don't have to go down holes and dig with pickaxes and stuff you know mm-hmm. so that's a move you know all right less people have jobs but less people will have dangerous jobs that wear their bodies out and kill them early 
for example. So, um, so I mean, I, I can think in my family examples of that. So like um, my granddad, he was like at the front of, he used to do the kind of the pit work at the, at the coal fairs. And yeah. uh, so it was like primed and ready to be blasted. That was his, that was his job. Um, he got minus long. And then he, you know, he, yeah. he died quite young as a result of that. And um, I mean, that was a horrible job. And I, he didn't want to do it. It was because he, you know, he had to. So, I mean, that's a, it's a good example where, you know, in Western countries, you wouldn't yeah. have to do that. Um, no. You know, it could be done by machine. And, yes. you know, I suppose, and that's, and that's like, I suppose that goes like, it's like, um, it was like the Luddites and people like that who wanted to maintain manual work. Um, was, was that was that Jeff Jeffrey O'Toole or somebody you know like and they would smash up machinery and and, and things like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's like I see. Okay, I think, and I might be wrong, but I think like with all this technology, we're like always on the shore, right? We're never. So if you you know if you think back to like when when spreadsheets came out. It was like, oh, great, you know, we've got spreadsheets. We'll never need another application to solve our our mathematical problems or we'll be able to do accounting on here or we'll be able to do, like, um, we'll be able to do like, resource planning, even though resource planning probably wasn't even thought about in the, uh, no. in, in the 70s and 80s. But we all assumed that with the invention of Excel, like, that would be it. You know, we never thought that would be out of that. There would come this data revolution and, like, there would be loads of data jobs and there would be loads of jobs categorizing data and so, yeah, so, so, yeah. so again i mean that's that's a it's almost um the recycling of human resource isn't it because people you know people certain jobs aren't yeah. available and it happens through generations because you know it happens over time you know if I, again i look at engineering um i know you know you often get these sort of conversations or these this thinking between the older generation in engineering and the and the younger you know the younger ones have come up and it's all been computers so they don't have the the hands-on experience of machining for example um yeah. and they don't necessarily need it but equally that experience is also quite helpful when you when i you know when i started out i was you know did my apprenticeship i was working on manual machines and filing stuff um for me it gave me a feel for what these computerized machines were doing so yeah, I can you sort see, of the, relate got, to it yeah, more. Yeah, you have that physical, you have that physical connection, though, don't you? It's like you know. You... Yeah, so like I know what this machine is doing because I've physically actually felt it happen. Yeah. Whilst think... winding handles and watching it very closely. That's really interesting. Um, that isn't. I mean, that's that's you know that's a, that's a that's an in-depth area in a, in a, you know in itself. Even from a, in, even in the dead digital realm, you know, if anybody's who's had a, like hand correct. One of my first ever jobs, Dave, was working uh, at British Telecom uh, on the kind of the checks kind of thing. And they had a machine that read checks, but not all checks could be read. So you had, yeah. you had to manually correct them. So they would come on a machine. You would have to type in what you thought the numbers were or what you thought the name was. Yeah. Like, so, like, you know, now I would, I would guess like that work's all gone away because we just, we just don't have checks anymore, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think technology improves. So, I mean, you mentioned robots. I remember being, I was on my apprenticeship, massive shop floor. We were um, we were building these big bomb release things, and it was all manual. Loads of guys on on a on a line just riveting and putting bits together and all that stuff. Um, and they they invested in a robot, and 
what happened was the robot would just sit there because it never really worked properly. Mm. Yeah, and it was a big investment, and and eventually it's like people just get less and less interested in it, and it never actually works because the the, the technology isn't there, the technology isn't ro robust enough. But now robots are, you know, they've come on a long way. It's fair to say, so sort of technology moves on. And it just gets better and better. So, as you say, you know, we don't need the checks anymore because the technology is capable of doing what it needs to do. It's it, become it, more sophisticated. It, it is. And uh, a lot of this conversation is now starting to remind me of, um, do, you remember, do you remember Sinclair? The guy yes. who did the home computers, like, you know, this spectrum. Yep. And, and like, um, he was in the 1980s, he was talking about like the internet. Of course, the internet hadn't, been really kind of thought through but he you know he talked about an area where you, you could get any information that you wanted and yep. he you know he was like looking at how he would do that but there was no like infrastructure in place to enable um anything like the internet because the technology wasn't there like there wasn't and, and i think he fell foul of this again when he started doing like uh, the sinclair c5 you know that like that little electric vehicle thing that he did yeah um yep. And again, like the technology wasn't there to like accommodate his ideas. Because well, that's, that's an interesting yeah. one, isn't it? You know, the, the Sinclair C5 was, was largely ridiculed and, and it failed. But now we've got people zooming around on electric scooters all over the place. We, we have. And, 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 you know, we, and we have we have Teslas. Well, you know, yeah. and, we, and we see, you know, we've seen hybrid vehicles. So there was a guy who was like totally ahead of his time with like loads of great ideas. But be, yep. but the but the infrastructure to support those ideas. Now he's a visionary, but he couldn't you know. But he he couldn't do them because, like, the just you know the they weren't in a position to to be able to do them. Now, no. I think I think a, a lot of this, like what we call automation, you know, this kind of like automation for people, automatic for the people. That was a great album. Do you remember that, yeah, yeah, Aria? Yeah, I do. And, I, I, I will I will get probably all of your cultural references. So. You don't have to keep asking me. Okay, so, and it's like, <laughs> that's what this is. This is automation for the people, but this has got, like, far-reaching consequences, which, I, you know, I, I haven't even be began to really kind oh, of scratch the surface of. But yeah. I, I think, I mean, that, that, it... but I just think that this leads to a, a, a lot more possibilities, a, a lot more things we haven't even considered. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, is, is it automation for the people or is it automation for for the business so they don't need as many people um you know i do look at i suppose one of i suppose on a fundamental level i see you know technology um and i, I include in that um you know the internet social media um it's creating uh less we, we're getting more of it we're getting more in terms of volume but less human interaction less actual human interaction so it creates this sort of this pretense of of all this stuff that we're connected to when we're yeah, really not yeah you know what that's like that's incredible and and like there's a really good example of that recently in the news um there was something that's right if you are you if you've been following the johnny depp trial very very vaguely not not with any kind of intent yeah well i think that's that's probably for the best <laughs> yes but... yeah what, what's interesting from a um, social media point of view on that is an Israeli company, I don't know how they do it, right? but they've said, determined on their uh, researchers, 
um, the social media content or the commenting on, on that trial, 11% of the pro Johnny Depp comments on social media are bots. They yeah. are they're artificial. They are for the fake accounts, which have somebody's paid for them to uh, post on, uh, you know, on supporting Johnny Depp's arguments and his kind of things for that. And apparently that's as many bots as we saw in the last uh, US presidential election. Yes. And the number of bots that that were in the last UK uh um, you know, government election as well. So it's, this is really interesting. And, the, the, and then the other, just to extend the story further on, this is why Elon Musk asked the question about, you know, how many fake accounts are there on Twitter? He's not really asking how many fake accounts, not many people who are pretending to be uh, Bungle from Rainbow. He's not asking that. He's Although, you know, how many people are doing that? What he's asking is, he's asking, well, how many of these are bots? How many of these uh, yes. influences? And because of human beings the way they are, and like I'm no different, we like to be in the majority. Yeah. And so if we're seeing like, oh, God, God, look, there's a lot of people there saying this, or there's a lot of people supporting that, then like my views on this, well, you know, the, maybe they're wrong. Whereas if it was well, just like, that, and that's fascinating, don't you think? That, that's, the, that's the sort of scary maybe that's too grand a word but that's the scary thing for me it, it is the fact that yes this this these sort of automated bots exist and they are influencing how people think yeah they're in, they're influencing what what they decide they're going to think about a particular subject and and, and yeah. that's a bit frightening isn't it because because that will potentially influence them in terms of who they vote for um, yeah, you know, you know, so, and, you know, and that runs straight into yeah. that influences the future of the world. It does, it? you know, what they believe, what their morals are. Um, yes, and and that's that's just that's just incredible. It's like, I I like to think that like my ideas are my ideas, and like my moral compass is my moral compass. But you know, maybe it's not. Maybe I've just been completely influenced. You know, by these things. It's, well, it's, I, th I think we've all we've all been influenced by our experiences up to this point, haven't we? Um, so I guess that's. I mean, that's that's an even more interesting one. You know, maybe maybe as we're older, you know, how's it how's it impacting on the younger generations, and how aware are they? You know, how how interested are they? Because they're just getting on with it. And you know, my view is that that you know most of the young people I've I've spoken to, they, you know, they think all oh, this technology is great, and they they take it up really quickly. You know, but, cash, yeah, the, cashless, cash, cashless society, things like that. It's like, well, I mean, that's that's all well and good, but but now they know everywhere you're spending your money, what time you spent it, where you spent it, what you bought, etc., etc. And it becomes more and more and more linked. Yeah, there's no an there's no anonymity anymore at all. No. Um, and and yeah, mobile phones and um, you know, location services. Yep. Uh, the the all you know they can they can they can you know you you're completely tracked all the time and like you say you know you're spending you, it's a form of um it's a it's a form of oppression but the thing is yeah. we're, but we're happy to sacrifice that though aren't we and we're back to it again you know for convenience well, for convenience think, you know I think people are happy to because they don't really think through or maybe understand and maybe no one understands 
where it's going. I suppose so. For me, it's not about it's not about negativity towards technology, automation, all those things. It's about negativity towards towards what the intent behind it all might be. Mm. Because I don't I don't believe it's it's all just to help humans. Um, so I mean, I think it's great that you can have an app for your bank. Yeah, and you can do a certain mm-hmm. amount of stuff just on your app without having to wait on the phone and all that sort of stuff. That's convenience. And that's, that's a positive. Yeah. But, but all this information now is, is, is gathering a huge amount of information. You know, if you look at banking, it's not just about what you've spent your money on. It's about where you were at what time. That's right. Tez? Yeah. So, so and, and that, that's, the, that's what I'm uncomfortable about. And couple, couple that with the 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 removal of of a large amount of human interaction yeah so people are less likely to well i mean they can sit and they do we, we, we all do sit and scroll it's, on um, social media rather than yeah. go go and meet a friend but the thing is like all the time we are accruing data aren't we this conversation you know this is generating mm. data and like not yep. that not that anybody would but you could you know, you could pick words out with this conversation, see what words were used a lot. You, you probably then get an idea of educational level. You could, you, know, you, yeah. could, you could infer so many different things. And all the time is, you, you know, you, you, you make, you can make predictors off that. You yes. can get patterns off that. So then you can start modeling it. And again, like data modeling. Yeah, who would have thought data modeling would have, you know, been such a thing in 2022? If you'd look back, like, I doubt about, if you look back, like, 50 years i bet the whole thing hadn't even been conceived or maybe it's from a very basic idea of like you know weather monitoring and but oh, look, again going back to engineering i mean it, it was all bits of paper yeah so if you wanted to find some if you wanted to get a decent set of data you'd have to go through hundreds thousands of sheets of paper and write all the numbers down and then find the average or whatever you were looking for um and you know again excel is the great example isn't it you know, we have we have business systems that are collecting loads of data. Um, you can just dump that into a spreadsheet, manipulate it, and and learn something. Which is again, that's a positive thing. Something I was always really interested in and did a lot of. Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's find some data and analyze it, and then we can make some decisions based on that, rather yeah, than that's it. make decisions based on nothing. But they're they're like informed decisions based on the data, aren't they? They're like, yes. you know, we're looking at the data now. We're going to. I think the danger is, is when you look at the data and then you try and make a moral judgment on the data when like then because the data might have a whole like load of biases in there and then it might just then it's all like then what you're doing is you're bringing your biases to the data and then making a like a a decision that really impacts people well it's like if if we if someone you know analyzed analyzed your bank your bank data and they could look at that and it's like jesus Mm -hmm. paul buys a heck of a lot of cakes and crisps he really does. And he, and crisps, he, loves, he, lo- he loves pear cider. Yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's buying all this stuff and he's, he's doing harm to himself, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you see, that, that's, know, that's got loads of implications on. for health insurance though, and stuff, hasn't it? You know? Yes, but the reality is you might be buying lots of cake and crisps and cider for someone else. I mean, I know in this case you're not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and that, 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 that's why you ended up being 18 stone. It probably. is. <laughs> yeah. But all I'm saying is that there are, it's like you say, that pe- people can make inferences about other people based on this data, and it may not necessarily be true. Yeah. That, and, and I think this is the danger, because, like, if I said to you, 
no okay like if you know most people don't know me you know what i mean so if if, if they said oh you know if you, if you looked at me just for my pure like um demographics or my you know for my data yeah for my yeah. Anal- for my analytics or god you know whatever you would want to call it then like the, the you know that's what you would say god he, you know he, he sleeps a lot or he spends a, an ordinarily long time you know on the internet or he's like you could you could get a lot of things from that, but like if that if I said to you like think about Vincent van Vincent van Gogh or you know think about uh, Francis Bacon or think you know anybody anybody who's a, a who's actually truly done something artistic, then mm-hmm. like I don't I wouldn't care like you know what they'd gone to the shops and spent the things on it's this it's just it's wrong isn't it you know they're not real identifiers of people people are. Uh, so much you know more than that and there's no algorithm that can measure that brilliance i know i'm off well, on a tangent yet, but you know yet. what I'm, you know what I, uh... yeah well and also i mean and 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 again you know we say we say technology is is able to to measure and analyze things but actually is it accurately because as human beings there's a we, we're not we're not machines we're emotionally driven beings we are Dead, yeah so right? yeah we're erratic yeah. we're not we don't we we do follow patterns but but not not necessarily consistently all the time yeah i did i did something really interesting recently yeah on no on linkedin i did um i used i think i've probably told you this before but anyway other people won't be aware i used hyperwriter to which is a algorithm that can write for you it's on the yeah. internet. It's free, and I and I put into there some keywords, and then I, it's it's like spewed something out. Yeah. And I posted that on LinkedIn with a picture of me looking off into the distance, like yeah. you know, like people do, like all the popular people do, and then posted it, and that's that's got it's got like ninety likes and a bunch of comments, and it posts. It is, and it posts very very similarly to. You know the people who do all the kind of the motivational stuff on LinkedIn. Yep. You know, and like that is by far and away my most popular post of like, well, probably the last twelve months. And like, I didn't write well, so, it. I didn't so write it. Like, is 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 that because the <laughs> the technology to write it has looked at what gets lots of engagement? So what do humans like to respond to, and then write it like that? I, I think it, it, it writes it with certain keywords, and it, it writes it in a way. Which is, I mean, I just read it and thought it was so dull. But then I, you know, but then you think, well, maybe it's because it's like there's more. There's quite a lot of international people who have liked us, and it's probably like, oh well, it's probably a bit easier to read than than my stuff. There's well, pro- you know, there's probably a lot of stuff going of on those, there. You know, most of those, in fact, all of all of those inspirational type posts are dull as dishwater, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But people engage with them. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I, t- I, I yeah. can't quite understand. I, I mean, can't. there's a psychology behind that. I'll tell you what, as well, I found something out really interesting that, uh, this week. Uh, I won't mention any names, but mostly because I can't remember. But there's a guy who was posting on there. He was seen to be a really clever guy. Um, and he was talking about um, what's that book? Um, the first, like, uh, it was called The Prince or something. Um, don't know. Uh, Machiavelli, Machiavelli. We talked about Machiavelli oh, yes. and, yeah. and and like you know traits traits like that, and it was it was really interesting. And so I followed him for a bit and did like, look, and then 
he started posting pictures of him with a very attractive young woman, like massively attractive. And you're like, oh, what's yeah. what's going on here then? This is like, this is a bit of, have you seen these posts, by the way? No? They don't, they don't ring a bell, so. Okay, because we're, we're connected, we're connected to different now, but... we're connected. Okay. And, and then, like, um, and then he did another post saying, like, he'd, he'd been with this person and, like, and she's a sex counsellor and stuff. And like, hmm. Oh, my God. And it's just, like, you know, another layer, another layer, another. It's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I mentioned that. But just because I just it kind of like I was just thinking, well, that was that was it. I was just totally taken by surprise from some guy who I thought was like he looked quite professory, and he was talking about yeah. you know Machiavelli, and then to have this kind of like then like different kind of style, almost like Hello Magazine, sh- you know, showy off. This is my fantastic. Well, again, life. though, but, but, I think that, that's really, really, it's that, really interesting. That could be. That could be... I don't know. He's decided to engage. He's decided to take to, to to hire someone to help him get more engagement. So they've they've changed his style. It could be that he's tried some different things out and found something that gets him lots of engagement. So he's just doing more of it, you know. So you know these these things don't ju- just change for no reason because we're, we're we're affected. So it might be, I don't know. And, and I don't know him. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about, but it could be that he's just been on there for a while and he sees that, that posts with pictures of, you know, people post with pictures of themselves get better engagement. I mean, I do it, you know, as a bit of a joke and those posts get more engagement. Well, certainly, yeah, more engagement more quickly than any of my other posts do. So I just put a bloody, I've actually stopped putting my graphic up for my, I do, I do sometimes, but, I'll often do posts that relate to my podcast now, which just have a picture of me. I've noticed that. Are you using some edge defier on there? Or Absolutely you, not. You lay or something. Absolutely not. That's the real me, that is. <laughs> no filters. This is the one on there. You look super young and very attractive. That's because I'm, I'm not super young, but I am very attractive. Paul. You know that. <laughs> Silver oh, Fox. You are. You look. You honestly. You're looking really good, man. Like tremendously good. It's a, I've definitely it's a, aged. Yeah. I've definitely. I've definitely aged well. I didn't used to be like that. I've grown into my face a bit more. I think. Yeah. In the 54 years I've been alive. Yeah. Well, you, I think you, you do. You, you look. You look super. And I, I particularly like the one where you're wearing that black bomber jacket. It's got like a tartan lining. I like that one. Oh, it's blue. Yeah, that's my um. Yeah, that's my Harrington jacket. It's lovely. That. Where did you get that from? It is lovely. Um, well, I, I've mentioned this many times on posts, but it's a it's a Barracuta uh-huh. um, Harrington jacket. I got it from a shop called Stewart's in Shepherd's Bush, which back in the day was where I used to get all my well, not all, a lot of my my football casual clothes when I was a teenager. So it's been there for for many years. So it's a yeah a Barracuta, which if you if you were to Google Barracuta mm-hmm. um, and famous people, you will see Elvis Presley and Paul Newman and oh, all wow. these. All these big stars um, wearing those Harrington jackets. God, just have I've just um, I've yeah. just done a, I've just done a, I didn't realise that was a, a Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, and and um, Daniel Craig wears one in certainly one of the Bond films. God, they're a fortune as well. And when you know about them, I mean, I've had mine for probably ten years. That's one of those. It's, yeah. it's British made. It's good quality, and it's still going strong. Is yours a G nine? Mine is a G4. Oh, G9. G9. God, this is turning into a 
boring, but the G9 has the elasticated waist and wristbands. Mine doesn't. Wow. God, is it? It's not. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it. Really, really, really nice. If, yeah. they, if they make them in like extra tall sizes, I'm going to get one. I, yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. Are you extra I'm, tall then? I'm massive. I'm like nearly seven foot tall. Wow. I yeah. always thought you were shorter than that. No, I'm like, I'm the seventh tallest man in the UK. Well, by visual, I've, I've only seen seven people taller than one of them. Right. One of them passed away, sadly. Right. So, so you're now I'm in seventh place. Seventh, you, just need to, seven, yeah. you, just, you just need to kill the others. I, I do. Yeah, a bit like uh, kind hearts and coronets, but not over yeah. a vast fortune or for over height. <laughs> yeah, just to be the tallest person, yeah. That'd be really good. So yeah, auto, so automation. It's um. It's not all bad. Uh, no, I think, um, it, I think it's no, I think it's I think it's good, but it's what, the intent yes. with which it's being used. Well, it is, you but know. it's not just that though, because like I, I do this, I do this for a job. Unbelievably, Dave. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've found that a lot of people just don't get it. So, like, uh, I've done, like, l- loads of, like, um, talks to people and presentations and demonstrations. And, like, the Excel crowd, you know, the people who like Excel, they seem, they seem to get it. They like it, Excel people. Yeah. But then the yeah. people who, like, don't do Excel or the, the um, they're very much kind of, like, people who... Like well, like normal people, <laughs> you know, people who live in well, the real, yeah. people who live well, in no, the real world, they don't get it. A lot of people, they don't have enough knowledge to be able to understand it, or they're not aware of it. So, I mean, that's the conversation we've had. This conversation, in that I've worked with Excel databases, access, all that kind of stuff in the past, um, and you, you had a session with myself and Adam, and you explained what it is you do and what the capabilities are. And I had that, just that penny drop. And I said, oh, so this is a database and you're like, yes, exactly that. Um, so from that and the knowledge I have of that kind of thing, I can I can now kind of in my head work out, right, there, there's, there's loads of possibilities here. So I can then ask some questions about, could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? So again, it's the, it's the same with a lot of technology that I've seen implemented in my career. It's that people don't get it, so they're resistant to it. And yeah. they can they can see the threat, you know, where they're buying they're buying these big automated machines. That means we're all going to lose our jobs. So there's that side of it, but then there's just an, the, the, they're not understanding it. Or yeah, the no. older guys, it's like oh, you know, this isn't how you know this isn't skillful anymore. Yeah, I, I, but I, see, I've, so I've, I'm, I'm, I, the best example of that I can think of. I was doing some work in a university, and. Um, this lady, she had like a long list of uh, students and her job was to email them at certain times of the year and just ask them for feedback. You know, how they're getting on. No, it was, yeah. it was, and it was like, it was like one of those things that, you know, there wasn't, you know, if somebody said though they were doing badly, then it would just get forwarded on to their, you know, the person who was in charge of their house, not, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, I know the, what you mean, yeah. college, you know, you know yes. what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. And so that so so what we did, what I did was I uh, went in to help her do that, to automate it. But one of the first conversations I had with her, she was very much like, well, she says, um, I'll tell you what I'm doing, she said, but I don't want to be involved in the solution. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, and, <laughs> and I was like, well, why is that? And she was like, because 
I, I just I don't want, I don't want to know what it's doing because I just don't understand anything like that. And then you know, like the thing is, like um, I pride myself on being a technology whisperer. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, you know, I know, and, I know. You know, yeah. and, and like, you're very good and, at it. and I thought I can definitely get I can get through to this lady, but I couldn't. She just had such a like a mental block and a fear. Anyway, I did. So what I did was right in this particular example, got the list of students. Uh, took that into a database, but it was a SharePoint list, which is a database. Don't you know? That's all they are. And then what I was what I was getting to do was I was getting it, you know, on the start of a month to email people with a form link for the ones who hadn't filled in the form previously. So it was quite an easy one. And then if somebody replied back to the form and it was like lower than say like a five out of ten, then I had another list with all those people's contact details on of people who would get forwarded to and then a pop what it would do was a pop an email through to them you know good yeah. good, ex, good example of automation quite a simple one and that saved this particular la lady who was already totally overworked because she was doing like a load of admin stuff yeah you know, it saved her loads of time so she was very happy with the solution but she didn't yes. want to be involved in the solution and yet right if she just had a little bit of knowledge of how office Microsoft 365 worked, yeah. Then you could have done yes. that all by yourself. You could have done that by your own, and then yeah. And I suppose, I suppose that, that, that that's that's the the sort of psychology behind it. Probably, firstly, she was already overwhelmed with work, and she just wanted it fixed. Um, and secondly, I don't know. It sounds like she might have just had a, I don't know, a fear of technology or a belief about herself that that she wouldn't be able to understand it. Because I, th I think it's more deep-rooted than that. I see, I think for her, and she was very nice, by the way, I think for her, it was more like work is something I do from nine to five. And like, if I, I know I could be like, I could be pressing keys or I could be, you know, I could be sweeping. Yeah, uh, so, but, right, okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or, no, that makes sense. So it's just yeah. like, I just come here, I do what's in front of me and I go home. That's it. So I'm yeah. not interested in, in getting involved in anything else. Correct, yeah. So maybe she maybe she actually enjoyed it. She might have enjoyed that level of admin. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? And that's fascinating though, don't you think? Because that means like she had all the, she knew the process, she had all the insight to to fixing that problem. Okay, but yeah. she wasn't interested in fixing the problem because she was very happy just doing it as it was. And I suppose, you know, maybe at a subconscious level or at some level, she kind of did get it that, you know, if we if we did this enough with these processes, probably then there'd be no requirement for her to have the job, possibly. It's quite possible. Yes, and, and I've, I've, I've had many um experiences over the years in my my engineering career of those kind of things when you're trying to bring in new technology um people start to start to talk you know and it's like what does this mean for us they do i mean do you remember well you course do Ma margaret thatcher is a good example of this um and so like you know saying like get reskilled remember you know a lot of miners got made redundant in the 80s and 90s and then yep. pretty much the line was, well, it's just people being lazy. They can go and get reskilled. They can go and get some qualifications. They can go and get new careers. Yep. But it's like not as easy as that because, like, if if you were conditioned all your life just to say, right, I want you to turn up here at nine o'clock and and do whatever's requested of you until half past five, then yep. you're just not in a mindset to be able to then like, adapt and change. Because but also, if you look at if you look at, I mean, coal mining is an example of of people being born and that's their destiny. Mm. 
that's what they're going to do. So, so everything they do is in line with eventually becoming a coal miner in those in those communities. Yeah, it is. is that fair to yeah, it's all totally. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so therefore, does that then, I don't know, almost sort of truncate the education that they receive or they absorb, because actually, none of it really matters that much. No, I don't think so, I don't think education does matter that much. Yeah. So, what's the point being though? When when they when they when they're no. then no longer a coal miner, they've missed out on a load of stuff, haven't they? That they could have learned. But it wasn't education, though, was it? That what 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 they never got was they never got a, they never got an education, or they never got the belief of self empowerment. Because they were always in that in that culture where you're going to be born, you're going to do these things up until then, then you're going to go down a coal mine. Yeah. But. I, yeah, but I, t- I think there's a real danger that we fall into in the in like today in the modern world. I was on, I was watching. I don't know whether you know Bill Williams, um, the virtual assistant. He does a weekly reflections. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a weekly reflections um, video cast on LinkedIn, and he always has guests on. And we were talking yeah. about education one week, and. Um, Rebecca Pear was on and a lady who I think she's a university professor and you know they were talking about education and stuff but you see the thing is like I find a lot of people who do degrees to be to have that to have that coal mining mindset of I'm going to do this course and I'm going to learn everything on the course that's in in front of me on the course and I'm going to pass the exam based on the course and after I've done the course I'm then going to go and do a job which is about the things which I've done the exam on, yes. and anything outside of that, it's like it's like a form of it's like a form of brainwashing of conditioning. Yeah. Like, well, and I suppose it's this is sorry this is this is because at a very young age we're we're expected to make decisions about our long term future in terms of um, the subjects that we we choose to study. So this comes at what the age of twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. The second part. So you're 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 making decisions about your future then, and then you might go to college or, or whatever you do, or or go to university, and then you're making a further decision at a time when you probably don't really know what you want to do. All right, you might come from a family of doctors, and that's kind of again that's ingrained in you that Tinkering, you're going to become yeah. a doctor or whatever. But it's the same thing, isn't it? And then you end up, I said, I don't know, come out of university, go into that career, think, crap, that's not this isn't really what I was expecting. Um, and then, and then you've 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 missed the opportunity to learn things that may be useful to you now. At that that's, point, when you've decided yeah. that's not your that's not the career you want. This is not what you want out of life. See, so, I, you know, I I like being controversial, right? You know, well, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I like, but I am to some people. And I I think they would have been better off doing nothing than that. Because at well, least if I, I, at least if they've done nothing. I mean, yeah, I think you've said it. Like you, you have your best days when you're pottering. You know, days without a plan. Yeah. Well, and and this is what I was just so so yeah. So maybe the education system needs to needs to change its approach. Well, and, I just need, I just need to get again, well, it's the difference between asking a child what they want to do when they grow up, or asking a child what they're interested in right now. So, if if we all pursued the stuff that interests us, then we come out the other end knowing ourselves better, knowing what we enjoy more, knowing what we're better at. Um, because we don't have the experience of, of having to study a subject that we, we don't enjoy and we're terrible at. Yeah. So that doesn't chip that doesn't chip away at us. So I'm not suggesting everyone would everything they do they would excel at. 
but you'd have a, a more mix of things, a better mix of things that you're good at. And that builds self-confidence, self-belief, all those things, doesn't it? it well, it, it, self-reliance, yeah, it does. Uh, so, yeah, you, so you're the, right, it the, does, yeah. The trouble, I mean, this has turned into a conversation about education, which is fine. Well, no, it's not. It's I, I, think it's, I think this is hand in glove, Dave. I think, I think automation, education, I even think leadership is as well. I think it's all, I think it's all intertwined. It's all part of exactly the same subject. I suppose arguably the, the education system is a form of automation. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, because it, it's, it's, um, it's simplifying, let's, it's simplifying the process to make it more efficient. Well, I heard um, that the education system as it is, is still like very much the Victorian education system, mm. which is based yeah. off the British Empire idea of if you're out in India uh, oppressing somebody uh, and you happen to get eaten by a tiger, then you can then replace that person with another cookie cutter person from the British Empire who will do much the yeah. same kind of job. And I, I, I think that's but I think that's true for lots of things. You know, the education system isn't one that's geared for now. It's it's a it's more of a look, I know people and I think America's really bad for this. Again, I'm generalizing, but my experience of yeah. of, of America is it's very much like well, how many degrees have you got and have you oh, got yeah. a, have you got a masters and blah blah and it's like that would certainly that's certainly my impression of America is it is let's say more more competitive in that respect. Yeah, it's very, very academic. But I've, I've, I've done quite a lot of work in America through my job. I hope there's no, no Americans listening. I, I don't know some, I mean, Ellie, I love Ellie. If Ellie's listening, Ellie's fantastic. Yeah, well, look, we're not having a go at Americans. No, here. no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just, we're just giving a, <laughs> we're just giving a view based on our limited experience of America. <laughs> that's right. And so it's probably wrong. Yeah. But my, my impression, my impression of that is I, I've known people who've got degrees who like aren't very bright. But, but yeah. what they've done is they've just totally believed in the subject. Like it was a question of belief. They've totally believed in it enough to, to pass a degree or a couple of degrees because they've just body and soul, they've believed it. But then anything outside of that or any kind of changes to the system, then like, you know, it's, it's bad. I just think, I think we, we need more generalists or people who can like, you know, affect a, a general population. In a way, Look, no, and, and this is this is my since I've come out of that sort of regimented way of looking at things, I I struggle to I'm struggling or I'm I'm trying to find out trying to find my sort of place in the world what I'm going to do with my future at the moment, um, and I, I I see myself as someone I'm someone who can who can take a problem and <coughs> and work it out, and it doesn't really matter that whether it's in engineering or something else. It's just, you, you, you know, you, you gather information, you, you look at processes and, mm. and you can work out a better way of doing things. Um, I but, think, but, but that I, makes I, you, that, I that think often so. makes you an outsider. It, well, it, oh, God, sorry. it does. Yeah, of course yeah, in, it does. In the, in the sort of, in the, in the, the more conventional approach to, to the world. But like, I think that's your brilliance. I think, don't take, the, don't take this the wrong way, but I think you are an outsider. You know, I think that, I am too. It certainly feels know, that way. Yeah. And but I think as an, as an outsider, you have a much better view. And I think what you, your gift is people. You can make people understand themselves more, and then as a as a consequence of that, then they can make sense of other things around them, processes. You know, the, the things that we do. I think that's your. You know, that that's your. That's thing. been my experience of all the work I've done. It's, it's yeah. helped me make sense of the world. It doesn't mean I've got the correct view of the world. 
it just means I've got my view of the world and I understand it and I understand why I've got that view of the world. But I'm yeah. also willing to to change my views. So I don't have, you know, I, I sit in this, you know, we've talked before about the middle ground. You know, mm. I don't have I don't have strong leanings either way. Um, I mean, I probably do if we dug into it, but, you know, things like politics and stuff like that. I don't have strong, strong political views, for example. I can see both sides, you know, mm -hmm. so it's with the and I don't want to get too much into it, but it's with the whole Boris Johnson thing. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, Partygate, that, that's problematic. It's problematic to me. It's all about trust and all that other stuff. And then the other side of it is that we really should be getting on with the important business. I can see that both of those things are true and valid. I don't have to take a position on that because both of those things are true. It's like, yeah, that thing, that party thing needs to be dealt with. But equally, yeah, there's a load of really important stuff. So well, we yeah. need to find a way forward, is all I would say, whatever that is. Um, and that's kind of where I spend most of my time, which is often, I don't know, it's like you say, you feel a bit, a bit of an outsider. It's a bit lonely at times almost because it's like, why no one else seems to understand what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, well, I think I do. Uh, yeah, but I've had that through my career. It's like, you know, I've sat in meetings and I've said something and just get these looks. Those kind of like, what the fuck's he on about now? <laughs> people, people tend to like people to be on one side or another. Well, yeah. And, and what they'll do also is if you say something specific... They'll take that as your opinion. I mean, this is the thing, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of conversations around comedy at the moment, aren't there? You know, Ricky mm. Gervais being the latest one. Just because he makes a comment about something or makes a joke about something, it doesn't mean that's what he believes. He's just giving a, a, a perspective on something for people then to think about. But they're yeah. not. They're just pouncing on him because, well, you, you believe that and I believe the opposite. So I'm going to be horrible to you. It's um, it's. We're we're we're, all, we're back. All my references are so old. Uh, Love thy neighbour. We're back into this yeah. kind of territory again, where that sitcom uh, had some horrible stuff in it. But the thing it was saying was bad was the central character. Like this is a really bad way to behave. Look up. See what a fool this person is. But then, and hey, we've seen this with Little Britain as well. You know, like Matt Lucas doing like I'm the only gay in the village. You know, yeah. things like this. But then people get offended by that because they're thinking oh but well the reason why they're yeah. offended but the reason why they're offended by it is as somebody who spent a lot of time in pubs when they were younger is there's a certain kind of person who probably didn't watch love thy neighbor but heard it second hand or third hand and then they think well then it's perfectly legitimate to behave that way to real people within within you know, yeah, I suppose um, till death to us part. Alf Garnet was, was Alf, the, yeah, that's the, right. That's the big, big one for me because you know people look at it now and they, they, they see, they just see someone saying racist things. Mm. A racist man. He was a racist man in that show, but he yeah. was the butt of the joke. He was. He was the fool because, because life, everyone what... else is rolling their eyes, and it's the same as I'm, yeah. I'm, I saw a saw a, an article written by someone about um, Only Fools and Horses. Yes. Just saying how, how oh, sexist, all this sort of stuff. But 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 David Jason, Del Boy, he was the butt of the joke all the time, wasn't he? Well, he was. Because everyone he, else, everyone else was rolling their eyes at him. Yeah, because he, he was, because everybody else saw him as a fool, saw him as somebody yeah. who um, was never going to be a millionaire because he was always, you know, he, he had such an inflate, because he, he was pompous, he had such an inflate, he was like, you know, he was, he was a he was a pompous character who thought he was absolutely brilliant, and of course he wasn't. And he, 
and you know Rodney was was the true intellectual, even though yes. you know he, he was always painted as no, no he was he was the one who was actually living life in in the moment and and doing things of the time. I mean, it was a yes. it was a really clever show, Dave. It was massively well, clever. Yes, because because and, and you can see that because you're able to to look beyond what's hitting you in the face, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? And that's what that and that's the problem. I think that's the problem with with you know with well the, the conversations around comedy at the moment people are just jumping on the subject matter rather than let's have a think about this what does this really mean to me what why why am i responding in this way yeah i mean yeah i, I mean thought you know the jimmy the jimmy car um I, I, yeah. I, you know, we've we've got a mutual friend on linkedin so i did actually i looked at that cuz he, he hadn't seen what it was and it was i mean it was the reason why comedians do that is to highlight the inequalities and our thinking processes amongst other subjects as you know yeah, I mean, as, as well me, what, what... you know it's, it, it is a form of art and yes, it's, it's it's there to make us challenge ourselves it's not like you know he's saying or oh, what i'm saying he is totally correct it's it's like to make the thing with comedy is we we kind of we see comedy as fun Right, and yet it's probably yeah. one of the most like uh, internally divisive things. Well, in fact, it is it's the most internally divisive thing that we do because what we laugh at are our, our internal conflicts on things, like you know, things yes. that can be one way in in a certain situation, yet another way in another in a different situation. And when they're brought together, it makes us laugh because it's um, because it's. You know, it, it's not logical. It's not right. It is a, it's something which is opposite, and and that's yeah. That's and it, look, fascinating. And I, I mean, I, fascinating. I love comedy that makes me feel uncomfortable because it means there's something that I, that I could possibly think about about myself. It's like what's yeah. going on here. You know, something makes you uncomfortable. You laugh. You know, The Office was a great example. That was brilliant. Of something that just used to make you feel awkward the whole way through. Um. It was, brilliant. It, was it, was brilliant. it was brilliant. Brilliant comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Ricky Gervais. I've, I, yeah, I, I, I think he's. I think he is brilliant. I mean, I do. Um, I, I loved what he did. What he did the Golden Globes. He did that speech, and he was. Uh, he was talking about um, uh, Jeffrey. What? What? I've forgotten his last name. The the guy who's involved in the Maxwell stuff, and. Oh, Epstein. Epstein, yeah. And he was saying, like, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, he was saying, oh, you know, he's, you know, and he said, which he said to them, don't laugh, don't laugh. He's, he's one of your friends. He's just like you. And it was, you know, he's, he's, it's brilliant what he was saying to them because, like, yeah. And again, we you know we see that, you know, we're seeing that with this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, the lives that they have and how they live and, you know, the drugs yeah. that they take and the excesses that they have. You know, if like you well, and it I, it shines a light on 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 some realities, doesn't it? Well, it does. If you and I were doing um, that, Dave, we we get arrested. <laughs> but even even the comments, you know, Ricky Gervais's comments about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. What's that shine? That's shining a light on. Yeah, a lot of you probably knew this was going on. You knew well, he was. A, you knew he was dodgy. Yeah. But you turned your heads away. Same with Jimmy. There was the whole Jimmy Savile thing for decades. You know. Oh God! Did, knew. Did, have you, have you John, seen? John Lydon. John Lydon spoke about it, didn't he? And and was you know apparently made an outcast because mm. of it. Um, so people were, in some ways, allowing that to happen. 
Have you seen the um, the Netflix documentary about Savile? Um, it's yeah. a real chilling bit, isn't he, with the kid in the hospital bed and they hold up a picture of, of Jimmy Savile. He's interviewing the kid. And this, again, tells you the power of media. And he's talking to the child and he says, who's that drawing of? And the kid goes, it's you. And he says, and why have you drawn me like that? And he's like, it's really evil face with like, you know, vampire fangs. And the kid yeah. says, because you're not very nice. And uh, yeah. and then Savile says something along the lines of, "Well, just you wait until later on, I'll, you know." And you're thinking, "Oh bloody yeah. hell!" You know, that's, yeah. this is. Ex but the thing was, because Savile was controlling the conversation with the mic, he's like thrusting the mic into the kid's face and then pulling it back. You know, he's totally in control of the narrative. But we were so naive, though, in the 70s and 80s. Right? He had so much power, didn't he? He had power yeah. because of his connections. So who's going to go up against that? Well, nobody, and you know, and you know, you and I encounter this a lot. People uh, on LinkedIn who are who take it incredibly seriously and they think social media is like the, the end of the world. If it wasn't for things yeah. like social media, right, then Savile would never have been found out or Twitter. You know, it's because mm. real people yeah. have got a voice now. So all those people who say, "Oh, I don't like social media because it like gives everybody a voice and people say what they want," well, good. You know, they, they hadn't people had no platform before. Again, so good and bad better. because it also gives, really gives people <laughs> who, who no, it's also it also gives people who have evil intent to have a voice and to manipulate people. It does, and then we're back and this and is to, a, and to groom children. Oh, you're right. You know, yeah, so it's almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, there's all this good stuff, but actually now there's potentially just more of the bad stuff to go with it. So there's no, there's never just a, a purely good thing. There's no. going to be a there's there's going to be a you know, every every reaction has a every action has an opposite reaction. I do I do that's, think the, I that's... do think I do think the positivity of this outweighs the negatives. And just to complete the circle, because we're coming up to the hour mark, aren't we? We complete, are. Yes. Com complete the circle, Dave. It's yeah. like and nowadays when somebody posts something on social media, you know, you don't know what the who's controlling that narrative because it might not be a person. It might be a whole load of bots who are trying to influence the the argument. Well, you yeah, know, and even if it is, look, we're all controlling our own narrative on social media, aren't we? Oh, God, yeah, of course we are. Because we're all behind that. We're all behind that image that we 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 project. It's a computer so, game, really. Yeah, totally. Well, people are just are just letting. Well, I mean, what I find, in, you know, I, I did put a post up the other day. Is uh, it was something about your your personal brand is is um, a projection of your ideal self, how you want to be seen by other people. Mm -hmm. um, your real self is what leaks out through the cracks because it leaks out through the cracks. Yeah, it does. You know, it's yeah. like the it's like the the, the the people with big followings who are all be kind, be kind, and then someone <laughs> disagrees with them, and then they 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 go right back at them, don't they? And ridicule yeah. them and make them into someone, you know, some kind of troll and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, we haven't heard um, much from Dan Price recently, have we? Um, anyway, sorry, go on. Um, you know, so. I, I don't know. In some ways, it, it's good from that respect because you, if you if you take the time to see it, you can see the real person behind the facade. Well, I've got, I'll tell you, it's, there's, a, there's an acid test on this for me, right? Um, people with big followings, how many times are they actually replying to their own posts? Or how many times do they, if, if they do get a disagreement in a post, how many times do they actually go onto the post and then say it's okay for that person to have an opposite point of view? Well, I've never seen it, right? What invariably happens is the person who's popular does a post, maybe they didn't even post it, might have been like the people who you know work for them or a bot. And then 
you, you go on there and you, you disagree with it and you say, well, yeah. don't really think that. But then the people who are so invested in that personality, right, they come down on you like a ton of bricks because well, they, they, one... don't want, they don't want anything. They don't want anybody to tarnish their illusion of what that person's yeah. like. I had one this morning. So there was a, a young woman puts a post up, some motivational nonsense, and mm. a picture of herself, a bit of cleavage, looking all wonderful, you know? Mm. Um, and as usual, what you then get is you get predominantly men responding, it's, commenting, it's yeah? Always, so, so it's, my, all, it's always my, men of a certain type. Uh, yeah. So my standard God reaction what's in the heads. Yeah, man. My yeah. standard comment is to put anyone, question mark, and then a picture of some Evian water. You know, there's a lot of thirsty guys on here. They probably need a drink. Ah. And her, her response was, her response was, um, I was going to delete this comment, but I'm going to leave it here because it's more embarrassing for you than it is for me. And my response was, I'm all good. I'm not embarrassed at all. So what's she doing there? She's, it's the, it's the build, build the drama triangle. She's the victim. I'm the, I'm the evil guy. And I'm embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed. You see, the thing is, because of how it is, the, 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 the issue there is that anything that you say against that it'll be seen as, you know, you're, you're taking away somebody's, you know, ability to, to, to say these things when you're not, you're not doing that at all. No, but if I say something and it makes them stop, say, stop saying something. Yeah. That's their problem. They must've felt uncomfortable about saying it. Surely. Well, well, the they course, must've realized, yeah. but they of must've course realized they have. that there's some truth in what I've said. Well, Otherwise they, they wouldn't bother. Well, but the, yeah, but, but, the, but they do. And the, the, see, I think it's like, it, the note works. We see loads of posts like that. A lot, mm. so many posts, because it, it works and it does get an awful lot of traction. It just it does. Works, it work, Well, it works in in the context of getting lots of reactions and comments, and they're generally very empty comments anyway. There's no real conversation going on those on those posts, is there? No, and I can't. And I can't. I can't think like what you would what you would benefit from it long term i mean is it is it gonna is it gonna get you a better career is it gonna are you gonna like learn something from it is what's the output i don't think there's any any output to it well maybe they get more business because it's all this aspirational stuff that people buy into if they're not if they're not intelligent enough to see through it i don't know whatever it's it's, it's, (laughs) all weird it's all weird fun death yeah okay well look we've done an hour so let's just let's do another let's do, let's do another hour <laughs> yeah no, well, well, well we'll do another hour another time for sure so um so thank you very much once again for coming on it's a pleasure i love you a bit steph uh, honestly i, I love th- you I th- too I, th- mate. I think you're special man and uh, honestly, thanks for having having me thank you my pleasure i'll see you soon okay ta for now thanks for Cheers, listening bye 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 I've just added this little bit in because I wanted to talk to you about Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a website that allows people who produce content to monetize what they do. Now, I've been doing this podcast for four years now. It's always been free. It's still going to be free. But Patreon.com enables me to, to allow people to contribute financially to the podcast. So a bit of income for me. And actually, more importantly, a bit of an opportunity to invest in my podcast in some equipment to make it sound nicer, all that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to develop my podcast further. It's come a long way in those four years. And well, assuming 
that people like it, which I think they do. I've had some good feedback. So in order to continue and improve, you might want to go on to patreon.com forward slash bullshit detective and you can make a donation. You can make a monthly donation, 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 which would be the price of a cup of coffee or a beer or a packet of sweets or some broccoli from the supermarket, that kind of thing. It's up to you. Uh, No pressure. If you don't want to, that's fine. You can carry on getting your podcast. If you want to contribute, you can support the podcast so that everyone can have a podcast. But anyway, enough said. Patreon.com forward slash bullshit detective. I will let you now get on with the podcast and stop bothering you about money. Cheers now. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Bullshit Detective podcast. Another big one. Seem to be doing a few more of those lately. But I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thanks very much to Paul Graham for coming on. And I will see you on a dose of Dave, the daily Dave, the daily dose of Dave, uh, and in the next big episode when it comes up. Who knows when that might be. Bye.